0: Welcome to Life Science Today, your source for stories, insights, and trends across the life science industry. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goodson. This week, we cover $2 billion in capital raises, mostly by companies that start with the letter A. Views expressed on Life Science Today are those of the host and guests. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any organizations with which they are affiliated. Bluebird Bio, who was once a rising star in gene therapy and now has faced a series of challenges, announced last year that they were spinning out a separate company, 270 Bio, to hold their portfolio of oncology assets. We covered that transition back in episode 68, but I want to note that since then, Bluebird has continued their downward spiral in the markets. The newly minted 270 entered without the fanfare and millions associated with IPOs and has the distinct challenge of raising capital to advance their pipeline as an already public company. The good news is they have an approved CAR-T therapy. The bad news, it's currently a fourth line in a single indication. Despite what may seem like tough prospects, they do predict $250 to $300 million in sales through their commercial partner, BMS, for this approved therapy. Plus, they've made the uncommon choice to cut expenditures by $30 million a year while increasing their production capacity. All this makes 270 a pretty unique animal. It's a brand new but straight-to-public commercial stage biotech that is predominantly reliant on their early-stage assets and not their mature ones for long-term success. And while their key asset is just being rolled out, their bottom line is relatively low. Below the surface, I'm sure there's some institutional baggage from the Bluebird Ascendance and more recent Descent that further muddy the opaque investment waters. All of this puts their modest $170 million raise with a prediction that it will take them out to 2025 in a pretty amazing light. I mean, in this industry, getting through nearly three years on a $170 million raise is, well, that's fairly modest. Plus, imagine any other biotech that's predicting significant sales already from a fourth line first approval, not seeking a lot more money and planning to spend it too. If 270 can maintain their discipline and see further developmental success, the bluebird may lay a golden egg after all. <music> Ascindus Pharma has announced a $500 million raise in convertible notes. They finished last year out after dropping their annual loss by $50 million to a meager minus $379 million, which is a hefty burn rate to be sure. Now, you might look at a company burning $31 million a month and think they're in a tough spot, but it's not all bad news. In mid-March, results for a lead product, Transcon PTH, to treat hypoparathyroidism showed positive results and may be submitted shortly to regulatory bodies. Now, this approval and then commercial rollout will take time, and they'll be set to burn through cash reserves before an appreciable impact is made assuming commercialization of Transcon PTH and another asset, Transcon HGH, goes smoothly. And that all neglect some of their early-stage assets. So, half a billion dollars in a private offering is really their only choice to continue both clinical and commercial development at the same rate. They completed a similar financial maneuver back in 2019 on early results from Transcon PTH. Assuming the raise goes well, they'll surely be expected to achieve commercial results this round? Or face a significant uphill battle for any future funds. Apellis Pharma has seen an up and down road over the last year. Their stocks rose to the mid $60 per share on a promising clinical pipeline, but for a dash to $34 a share when clinical trial data showed less than exciting results for their treatment of geographic atrophy, an advanced form of macular degeneration, with their commercial stage medication. Hexetico plan. The data became more promising this year in mid-March when their parallel clinical trials both showed significant reduction in long-term lesion growth whether the therapy were injected monthly or every other month. In layman's terms, this means you'll go blind slower on the therapy. This suggests to me and likely investors that they'll be heading to the FDA in short order to gain an additional indication. This has put their stock back on the rise. They announced last week a plan to extend a public offering of common stock at $47 a share to raise $350 million, but then extended the additional sellable shares Monday to raise just over $400 million. This should slide their cash and equivalents back up to close to a billion dollars, money that will be sorely needed as their late-stage clinical development programs begin to burn more and more, to discover if Pexedico plan can access a much broader population. In their 2021 annual financials, Argenix reported $2.3 billion in cash or equivalents, with an income of nearly $350 million, but a net loss of over $400 million. Their internal pipeline is heavily weighted towards their recently approved medication EFGARTIGAMOD, which is currently in additional phase 3 trials for 4 indications and multiple modalities. All this explains their hefty burn rate, but it's also a potential reason for optimism. There are a few additional early pipeline candidates, but most of their additional value targets are sold off into developmental partnerships with several biopharmas. So, if money is pretty okay, and the pipeline is robust, Why set out to raise $700 million through selling ordinary shares? I mean, just a year ago in February of 2021, they pulled in $1 billion on the same schema. So why more when they're still in the black from that raise and their pipeline? I think the answer to this is perhaps the answer to what we've observed across the episode today. It's a specific moment in biopharma investing. Companies are raising money all the time, and it's not weird to see any of these organizations from today go out and pull in a little extra cash, whether it's Ascendus, who is the most on track to need the money, or Argenix, who pulled a similar maneuver last year. What is really weird here is that there is no early stage counterbalance. All the other early stage financial raises I've seen are relatively small right now, and there aren't any big billion dollar IPOs looming. In fact, of the companies we've discussed today, The only smaller raise is incredibly moderate across the context of the last couple of years and represents the newest organization here, 270. Let's take this back to the drum I've been beating all year. Think about value-focused investing. Let's imagine that investors in general remain interested in biopharma, but are looking for companies with a track record of success. When these organizations can demonstrate they've got products, they're moving towards additional approvals, and they've weathered at least one or two storms, they are positioned as a much more moderate risk investment. And maybe this is their moment to shine in the market, or more accurately, leverage this moment to create cash reserves for a rainy day. Thanks for joining me for Life Science Today, your source for stories, insights, and trends across the life science industry. Learn more at lifesciencetodaypodcast.com. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend. Once again, I'm Dr. Noah Goodson. I'll see you next week.